Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bible Time with Pastor Brian. Once again, this is your host, Pastor Brian, and I'm so excited that you could join me here as we move on to a different series. I know we've been in Fruits of the Spirit for the last several weeks. This week, we're moving into, well, kind of a series around a certain question, and that question is, is it in the Bible? I hope you guys really enjoy this. Um, I'm very excited to start this, and essentially what we're going to be doing is we're going to take a look at things or common things i guess that people think are in the bible and ask the question is it in the bible we'll begin with a less controversial topic or at least one that i hope would be pretty not controversial talking about the wise men that visited jesus in matthew 2 hope you enjoy this series as we attempt to locate some of the things that we have been taught for the years or over the years as being solid fact that may or may not actually be true. So before we actually get into this, I would like to give a disclaimer. Most of the things we will discuss are trivial things. So don't let this shake your faith. Jesus is still Lord and God still reigns. This is just my attempt at addressing details and sayings that we think are biblical and are trying to find where the Bible teaches it or if it actually even does. And also, I had a couple people ask me um, last week where I got a lot of my sources, and I try to mention them as best as I can, but Blue Letter Bible, great resource, um, Bible Hub, also a great resource, and Bible Gateway, also a great resource. I mean, all those are just absolutely solid. You'd have to be careful with some of them because they will give you every single commentary sometimes on certain passages of Scripture. And you don't want all of them because, you know, some, some of them are not, um, not like, right, I guess is the best way to put it. But others are really good. So make sure that if you um, are inspired by this and you're trying to start your own Bible studies and try to think through Scripture and try to dig in a little deeper, by all means, go to those places. Go to those resources. Those things are great. Those things are awesome. And you'll be better for going. I promise. So, anyway, back to this week's topic. What do you know, or what do we know, about these wise men in Matthew chapter 2? Well, we do know, or we say we know, I guess, that they came from the east following a star. There were three of them bearing three gifts. They possibly could have been kings, you know, kind of referencing the Christmas song. They arrived when Jesus was born. You know, you have the picture of the manger scene with the wise men standing around it, and you have popular media like the Bible, like the TV series that came out on the History Channel a little over a decade ago, that depicted the wise men showing up with a baby, baby Jesus, like newborn Jesus. They just showed up. Um, and then also, this is a little lesser known one. I'd heard a couple of these before, but some of you might know them a little better than I do, I guess. Uh, part of it has to just do with what type of church you grew up in, where you grew up, um, how deep some people got into these. But also, there are a lot of people that give names to these three wise men. And the first one is Gaspar, or Casper, Melchior, and then Balthazar. Like I said, this is a lesser known thing. Um, if you didn't know those three names before tonight, that's okay. I didn't know two of them before I started this study. So... Those, those are some things that people claim that they know about this whole story of the Magi. Well, let's see which of these actually stack up to Scripture. 
The first one. Let's start with it. Coming from the east, following a star. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I would like to read it if I still have it pulled up. I do. That's good. It's going to take a save for my computer load. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi, or wise men, from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So, verse 1, they came from the east to the city of Jerusalem. So, check on that part. They came from the east. Two, they followed his star to get there. So, also a check. They came from the east following a star. Where exactly did they come from? We don't know. We have no clue. Some speculate Persia or India or Arabia or China or Ethiopia. And this is all, or partially, I guess, based upon traditional uh, growing locations of myrrh and frankincense, like two of the gifts that were brought, and also the names that were mentioned um, when we first started a couple minutes ago. But once again, mere speculation. All we know is that they were coming from the east to Jerusalem and that they had followed a star to get there. So that part is confirmed, yes. Two. Three of them came to see Jesus, and they were bearing three gifts. Matthew 2, verse 11. Let me get that. Matthew 2, verse 11. says, After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So, when you look at these gifts, when you look at these things, you've probably heard over the years about the um, symbolic significance of those, and how they, they play into uh, what Jesus would go in like during his ministry and during his life. So, yeah, we do see three types of gifts that are mentioned here. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There could have been more like, all of them could have brought frankincense, and maybe one or two of them brought gold, and one brought myrrh, or any other combination of that. It doesn't seem like there is just one wise man or one magi bringing one gift per, like, you know, per person here. It could be a wide variety. They could all have gold. They could all have frankincense. They could all have myrrh. They all could have brought all three at that point. It, like I said, it says nothing about how many of them there are either. Uh, just more than one, since it refers to them. So where where do we get that? Why do we say that there are three? Because of the three gifts that are mentioned, or at least the three gift types. So it's been tradition to believe that there were three of them that had shown up to worship Jesus and to bring these gifts. Even though the Bible never tells us how many there are exactly. It gives us three gifts, and it tells us that there are there's more than one, because it refers to the wise men, the magi. So, not just one person. It's at least two. We say three, but it could be more. We're not really sure on that one. So, I'll put that one as potentially confirmed. There are three types of gifts, and there very well could have been three wise men. Doesn't really matter for the context of the story. But, and then the third one. 
maybe they were kings, possibly. Um, one of the more popular Christmas carols that I've heard sung over the years is the song We Three Kings of Orient Are, talking about the visit of these wise men, these magi. Well, the word that's used there is magi, or at least that's the translated version of it, and wise men is what's used in the KJV. But both of these, the actual Greek word behind it is the word magos. And then the Babylonian word, magus. Both of those lend an origin or a basis and foundation to our word magic. They both, yeah, that's the foundation. But who were these magos and magus people? They were wise men, teachers, priests, physicians, astrologers, seers, interpreters of dreams, augurs, soothsayers, sorcerers. So who were these guys? They were probably astrologers, or someone who watches the stars for signs. Now this is not to be confused with astronomers, who simply study the stars for like scholarly value. They look at the alignments of the planets, and they look at how the star systems move around and things. But an astrologer looks at those very same things and determines what that would mean symbolically, like what's about to happen, the things that are about to occur based upon what the star signs say. So these guys that have shown up, they are astrologers. They're star watchers that notice this really, really big star that they refer to as his star, as Jesus's star, or the king of the Jews' star. They saw a star unlike any other, and they had to follow it. Now, Origen, he was a very early church father, or church leader, in the 3rd century AD. He believed that they could have been kings as part of fulfillment of prophecies in Isaiah 61-7 and Psalm 72-10 that speak of kings bringing gifts to the Messiah. Now, yes, those could connect here, definitely, but they could also connect to like a future reign of Christ, where... Even the kings, even the leaders of these countries are going to be submitting to Jesus and turning over um, the best of the best that they have to Jesus because he is their leader too. They, they might be important in their country, but Jesus is important across the entire world. And so they're deferring their um, authority and their riches and their wealth and their power to the Lord instead. So that could be a, a connection there as well. So the status of that one. Probably not kings, but definitely some, some smart guys. The fourth one. And this, uh, I found over my last few years of studying these things. This is probably the one with the biggest contention from it. Um, number four is they arrived when Jesus was born. Popular media, traditional manger scenes, they depict the magi, the wise men, with baby Jesus. Not toddler Jesus, not kid Jesus. They depict him or them with baby Jesus. Jesus in the manger and the wise men standing around beside Mary and Joseph. But was that the case? And in order to build this one, there's a little bit um, of inference. Some like reading between the lines of scripture. Not, not saying you're adding something to scripture, but two and two always equals four, in my opinion. Um, if somebody says, hey, I ate two apples, and then I ate two more apples tomorrow, 
but then they don't say that they ate four apples. That doesn't mean that they didn't eat four apples. They still ate four apples. And the way that this is set up, in Matthew 2.7, Herod asked the Magi when the star appeared. And then in Matthew 2.16, Herod orders the slaughter of all male children two years and under, based on the information given by the Magi. They said that the star had appeared at a certain point. And since Herod chose two years, it can be inferred that that's the same time frame that the Magi gave to him. That the star had appeared two years ago. So there's a really, really good chance that Jesus was at least one or so years old when the Magi came to visit. He was not the baby in the manger. He was probably... A, a small newborn. I mean, he was he was an infant when they came to see him. Could they have been there to witness his birth? and Or not really his birth, but when he was first born, like really, really tiny baby Jesus, few hours, few days old, something like that? Absolutely. Not saying they couldn't. But with the context of what's being discussed here, more than likely, Jesus was a little bit older than that when they showed up. Once again, not a big deal, though. And then... The last one that um, I mentioned a second ago, or I said a second ago, it's been a few minutes now, were, or is the fact that they had names. And you've got the name Gaspar, or Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. Or Balthazar, not Balthazar. Balthazar. Of course, if you read the passage here in Matthew 2, the Bible never mentions names for these guys. It never talks about who they were. Um, it just mentions that they were magi, they were wise men, teachers, astrologers that came from the east following a star to see Jesus, but it doesn't ever identify them. I mean, and that's not a bad thing. There are a lot of people that we encounter in scripture that don't have names, and that's okay. And so, when we try to add names to them, when we try to give them identifiers, I guess, we tend to read a little too much into the passage, in my opinion. Now, I will say this for my study on this part, because like like I said, I had heard of one of the names before. I'd heard of the name Balthazar before as being one of the Magi. I hadn't heard of the other two ever, I don't think, in my entire life. But when I was doing my digging into this, those were the first names that popped up. They were all over a bunch of different websites. And then I decided to do a little bit more digging and found out that for every culture that's within um, a couple months journey or so of Israel, of where Judea was during the time of Jesus, they all have different names for these people. They all have different um, names for the wise man. Now, granted, some of the names stay kind of similar across cultures, but a few of them just completely don't sound anything like Caspar, uh, Melchior, or Balthazar. They're just, yeah, not even the same name. And then where they came from is also up for debate. Some people say one of them came from Ethiopia. Another one said that that same one came from China, or they came from India, or they came from Persia, or Arabia, or here or there. Could they have come from any of those places? Absolutely, because those are all east of Jerusalem. But we don't know exactly where they came from. And those names that I just gave you, they are from extra-biblical sources, such as early writings, apocryphal texts, specifically the Acts of Thomas, and traditions in certain ethnic churches, such as Arminian, 
uh, Syrian, uh, Ethiopian, and Chinese churches that all contain different names of places of origin for the Magi. They're all over the place when it comes to names and backstories and things. Origin actually gives the first backstory, I believe. Or it's either him or there was a text found in Ireland in the 8th century AD that speaks of the backstories of the Magi that showed up and who they were and what they had done and what their careers were and pretty much showing off how smart they were, I guess. So, status of that one? Probably not true and definitely not biblical. So, a conclusion though with all of this. The visit of the wise men or magi is an important part of the account of Christ's life that, much like other biblical narratives, has seen additions over the years to the fill-in-the-gaps of information that we as humans desire to know. Ultimately, this part of the Gospel of Matthew is inconsequential to faith in Christ. So no matter your interpretation on how many there were, or what they were exactly, or how many gifts they brought, or how old Jesus was when they visited, as long as your belief is consistent with Scripture and doesn't go too far overboard, such as believing they were actually aliens, which I did see that one, or they brought him a Big Mac and a large fry. Didn't see that one, but thought that it would be pertinent to toss it in there. It's pretty harmless to give them names, origin stories, or something similar. Just keep in mind that it is a minor issue, not a major one. Like I started this with, with the disclaimer, most of these things that we're going to talk about, and this one included, are, I wouldn't even categorize them as secondary issues. There are things that I would put way higher on the totem pole than the specific, uh, specific details around the visit of the Magi when Jesus was born. So keep that in mind as you formulate opinions and dig into scripture. When you come across things that are completely inconsequential, because no matter where they were from or who they were, um, other than the alien thing, I mean, they were humans, definitely. They were just really smart humans. So no matter who they were, where they came from, what they did, what their names were, it doesn't really matter to the grand scheme of the story in the Gospel of Matthew, specifically what's going on in chapter 2 right there. That's not the focus, is their visit and who they are and what, all that stuff. That's not the focus of it. And if you can recognize that, that's good. That's what you need to do. And that's one thing that I really pray so strongly that as we dig into these uh, different, quote-unquote, is it in the Bible questions and topics, that's one thing I want you guys to remember. And that's one thing I'm going to try to remember as I dig into these, is that these issues are just so far down the list of importance. They're great things to talk about, they're great things to share about, and great things to dig into, but they're not worth arguing over. They're not worth splitting with somebody, or being angry at somebody, or being hateful towards somebody. And I'm going to try to keep that spirit as we go through it, and I pray you all do as well. And you come to these studies with the ability to say, you know what, maybe I have been taught wrong on that. Maybe what I thought for all these years was not actually true, or it was a misinterpretation of what the Bible actually said. Those are the things I want you guys to focus on as we go into this, because ultimately I want us to be able to understand the Bible better. I want us to be able to learn the Bible better together. And in order to do that, we have to look at some of the things that we might have held near and dear and say, are those things, or better yet, is this in the Bible? Let us pray. God, as we come before you again here 
we're just so blessed and humbled for this day that you've given us and for the beautiful weather that you've blessed us with today. And um, yes, it might be a little cold, but it's okay. It's been great. It's felt good. And we thank you, oh God, for that. And I thank you, God, for this time that you've given me to share your word uh, through um, this 21st century technology of a podcast, something that people, even when I was born, would never even thought of being a possibility. And I thank you, God, for giving me the talent and the ability and the time and the resources to do that. And I pray, God, that everything is given over to you, no matter what I undertake to do, what I say, and what I share. And I pray, God, that you would help me maintain a humble spirit as I continue to go through this study and to remind me, God, that the things we're talking about, yes, they're important for clarification, but they're not essential to salvation. A lot of them aren't. And I pray, God, that you would help us all remember that and keep that in mind as we study these things. And God, I pray that you would just bless this study series that we're about to get into and help us learn and help us learn more about you. We do love you and we praise you above all others. And it's in Jesus' name we do humbly pray. Amen. Thank you guys for joining me again. And I will see you next week.